you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Are you on the hunt for a new home this spring, but don't know where to start? Fisher Homes is your solution. Your new home should reflect you from the front door to the kitchen and even your outdoor space. Start your journey by selecting your ideal home site, like in a cul-de-sac or that's tree-lined, and then choose from a variety of expertly designed floor plans. Bring it all together at our Lifestyle Design Center. Let Fisher Homes be your new home solution this spring and start making memories at fisherhomes.com. I'm Rhett Lewis, and this is NFL Inside Report. Out on the heels of the best weekend of football we've ever seen in the NFL with the fantastic divisional weekend matchups, all of them going down to the wire, it feels like the NFL news cycle is trying to catch up here in the last couple of days, especially now with news that Sean Payton is stepping down as head coach of the New Orleans Saints. We are bridging that gap between the games and the news in this episode here and to do it we welcome our pal jim trotter back here with us always gracious with his time and we appreciate it jim good to have you man let's start here with sean payton not necessarily surprising but i feel like there's still a shock value considering what sean payton has meant to new orleans does that make sense Oh, absolutely. You know, I said that earlier today on NFL Now that um, while we can be shocked by the timing of it and the suddenness of it, I wasn't really surprised. I mean, I think for me personally, in terms of my relationship with Sean and whatnot, I sensed a change in him after the year he sat out serving that suspension. And when he came back, um, he was much more accessible, much more personable, um, much more transparent, if you will. And, And I dare to use the word reflective. Um, prior to that, Sean could be difficult at times. You know, yeah. um, he came from the Parcel School. The media were sort of the enemy. We've got a lot of regrets. You know, I mentioned one of them. I wish, I wish I've done, I would have done a better job early on in my career with the media, and and uh, and I, hopefully I, I corrected that. And he would only let you get so close or go so far. But after he returned, and particularly in the last few years. I just sensed in my discussions with him and whatnot, a different person. And and look, as we get older, we all grow and we all develop and we all mature in our own ways. And, and I even heard Sean mention it in his press conference today about his relationship with the media. I do appreciate your jobs and I recognize, especially in the last two years, how difficult those have been. You know, people don't understand when all of a sudden you practice inside and with the, the COVID restrictions, 
the relationships that many of you have with our players, with our, it's hard to do those jobs um, effectively as you might like. I mean, when's the last time you've been able to go into a locker room after a game? And we, we kind of miss that really. Uh, I do, honestly, and in, in going into the presser after a game and looking at a laptop. Um, and so I appreciate every one of you. And how he felt that over the last few years or whatever, that he had grown and had changed and had become more accessible and personable and those sorts of things. So um, so that that's why I wasn't necessarily surprised by this, that you could tell there were things that were more important to him if you will, than just football, yeah. or there were other things that he was thinking about besides just football. I think that's that's a great point. I'll, I'll just tell you a quick story just to kind of double down on what you were talking about in his relationship with the media evolving. I covered Sean and the Saints in 2008 for about uh, for that season. This was before their super, right before their Super Bowl season, and things weren't great. Like you know, they had had some real success early on, and then had kind of had some middling years there where they were seven and nine, were, were missing the playoffs, and there things you know the offense wasn't working like it like it used to. And I remember sitting there. This was my second job in television, and I had asked him, uh, Sean, would you would you ever consider? Have you ever thought of maybe? You know, letting someone else handle the play calling duties on offense. <laughs> and if I could, I could not properly describe the look that he gave me with his one word answer, which was no, no, <laughs> and moved on. But I'm telling you what, the best part about that whole thing is that everyone else, you know, went on asking their questions after that. And while they're asking their questions, I keep catching glances from him, like looking back, like who is this jerk who just showed up and is asking this. And then, but, but it, you know, the funny part about it is, uh, you know, our relationship evolved, you know, it's uh, something more positive afterwards. And, uh, you know, like, I think he's done a great job. Like my, my dad worked for the saints for 32 years and my, all my friends are lifelong diehard saints fans and couldn't be more grateful for the contributions that he's made, you know, to that organization and to the city really um, in the last 15 years. So I think that's you know, a great, that's a great point, but. No, truthfully, Red, I, and part of what I'm writing here is I wonder how long it's going to take the Saints to build a statue of him. Because to it shouldn't me, take long. Yeah, for me, um, Sean, in essence, helped save football in New Orleans. Yep. Because people forget there was a lot of discussion about moving that franchise out of New Orleans after Katrina. Oklahoma City, yeah, mm -hmm. or San Antonio, and, yeah. Yeah, and, and to Commissioner Tagliabue's um, um, credit at that time, he would not allow it. But the fact that Sean, a first-time head coach, comes in, takes over a team that in the previous 13 years had appeared in the playoff once, had one, had only two winning seasons, yeah. and that first year take it to a NFC Championship game. And so you have a city that's sort of rebuilding itself, and he's doing it with a quarterback who has a reconstructed shoulder. Right. And you start putting it all together, and, and you create this incredible success. It's easy to say you're most proud of of a Super Bowl team, but I'm most proud of the culture in in the um, the winning seasons. You know, I never want to be um, a prisoner to hyperbole, but I don't know that there will ever be another coach who has that sort of unique relationship with a city, considering everything that was going on at that time, for him to do what he did. And to reestablish that bond and give hope to that city at a time, you know, really a dark period, it's unique and it's special. Jim, that game, the Falcons game in the Superdome on Monday night, that, I mean, that 
still comes up in casual conversation amongst New Orleanians and against amongst my friends when we're talking. I mean, like people will look back on that game. Um, I mean, w- with such admiration and jubilation, it'd be hard to find. You'd be hard pressed to find another regular season game that meant as much to a single franchise as that one did to the New Orleans Saints. Agreed. And Agreed. Sean Payton was a huge part of that because if they hadn't won the two games prior, both on the road. And then come if they were zero and two coming into the Super, it probably had still been a big deal. But the fact that they were two and zero came in and were playing the Falcons and beat their mortal rivals in prime time, in prime time, in prime time. Uh, yes. with the Steve Gleason punt. I mean, that's uh, it was. Don't you get goosebumps? Huge. I do still. just talking yeah. about it. Yeah. Um. And and the Saints have Sean Payton to thank for that, and and that and the whole really the the whole organization, which showed a lot of trust in him, you know, to hire a first time head coach for that kind of responsibility and it felt like he really then turned that trust around and placed it in Drew Brees. Yeah. You know, when there was when there were a lot of questions there. Well it's like he said today, you know, at that moment they were not winning any jump balls, you know, (laughs) when it came to when it came to players. So they they had to take a chance on Drew because there really wasn't anything else. I'll never forget Sean told me we did this um I think it was a couple of years ago. We were doing this thing as as we headed to the Super Bowl about what if what if this had happened and then what, what would have happened? And one of them yeah. was, what if Drew Brees had never signed with um, the Saints yeah. and how it would have impacted and he had gone to the Dolphins and how it would have affected Saban and that franchise and the Saints. I'll never forget Sean told me, he goes, we literally had Josh McCown a plane ticket to come to New Orleans. We were about to sign Josh. Wow. And when Drew said he would come, we had to tell, I can't remember if he said Josh was actually on a connection or if he was just <laughs> getting on the plane. It was one of the two. Josh was either making a connection or he was about to get on the plane. Yeah. I had to tell him, don't bother because Drew. We got Drew. Yeah, yeah sorry. Yeah. But it was going to be Josh McCown if it were not Drew Brees. And then you ironically, know? Josh's brother Luke ends up being a backup to Drew Brees for a number of years in New Orleans. <laughs> it's a strange, a while. small world, uh, you know, down there, certainly in New Orleans and in the NFL in general. Uh, what's next for Sean Payton? He, he said, don't use the term retirement. It's going to step yeah. away. Sounds like he's not going to do much of anything this year, at least in the coaching world. Right. And he definitely didn't shy away from the idea of TV, Jim. No, and he, and he definitely didn't slam the door on returning to coaching after right. 2022. So he, here's what I believe, not, and I don't have any inside information. Yeah. I have not talked to Sean since his press conference. I'm hoping too soon. But my guess is that he will take this year, do something that he enjoys, and I think it will have something to do with the media. I'd like to try TV. And I, I've had some opportunities I talked to Drew a little bit about it last night. I don't, uh, I don't know that part of it that well, but that'd be something that would interest me. And so, I think the hardest part is sitting in your chair saying, "Wait a minute, you haven't talked with a network yet. You haven't talked with, like, not a word." Um, so, hopefully, that opportunity comes. And they are paying so well <laughs> for these former coaches. to step into the media now that if he finds that his quality of life is enjoyable without the coaching and the compensation is equally enjoyable. Yeah. And I could see him staying out. Do you make anything of the Cowboys connection still? I don't think you ever rule it out. 
I still have a vision for for doing things in football. And, and, and I'll be honest with you, that might be coaching again at some point. I don't think it's this year. I think maybe in the future, but that's not where my heart is right now. Because look, one thing we one thing I know about Jerry Jones, and, and this is told to me firsthand by him, so it's yeah. why I never discount anything. I remember once asking Jerry, we were sitting in his office at, at, at the Star in Frisco, and he was talking about his desire for another Super Bowl. Right. And he said to me, if you were to tell me, if the football gods were to tell me that if I were to sign over this facility and AT&T Stadium to them, I might just have those papers drawn up. And so that says to me that if we get to 2023 Mm -hmm. and the Cowboys haven't won that Super Bowl or aren't in a position to make it and they have another year like they had this year where they flame out in the postseason, it would not shock me to see Jerry say, Sean, whatever it takes. Yeah. (laughs) What what number do I have to put on this check to get you to come back? Here's the and, blank check. You fill it out. Yeah. And so that's why I don't think you ever rule out. You never say never. Yeah. But um, I, I wouldn't be shocked if that happened. And what if you could continue playing the what if game? What if the pass interference call had been had been what if the flag had been thrown and the Saints ended up in the Super Bowl and not the Rams against the New England Patriots? And what if they had won a second? You know, would we still be talking about a Sean Payton stepping away uh, at this point? Well, it turns well, out the Rams <laughs> With well, that? he Go did ahead. acknowledge that he thought about walking away with Drew. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah he acknowledged that today, that, that, that the thought crossed his mind. But it was one of those things where he wasn't certain that, that he was committed to that. It was challenging for everyone. But man, I felt like it was time. I felt like it was time. You know, I kind of knew maybe heading into training camp this might. But you don't, you, you, you know, you don't share that with anyone. You think, well... Let's see how the season goes, and we're working hard, and and I felt the time was right for me. I felt the time was right, and it's something that I, I've been thinking about. You know, you know, sometimes you have those thoughts that cross your mind, and you're like, okay, is this just my emotions playing with me right now, or is this something I really want to do? And so he wasn't certain, so he came back for this year. And he said he never told anyone about it because you don't ever want to create that that sense of doubt in sure. anyone. Sure. All, you have to be all in to make that run. But he said as this season went on and some of the things that they went through, it just his gut told him that it was time. And so it was interesting that in essence, he listened to his gut rather than his head, you know, before the season right. um, in right. making this decision. Right. No, it's a, it's a great point. And I mean, they've been at the center of some of the biggest playoff heartbreaks in recent memory oh. uh, with the the two losses to the Vikings, the Rams whole situation there in the championship game. And speaking of the Rams, they are back in the NFC championship game, getting set I to take well. on the San Francisco 49ers, a matchup that has not treated them well. How will this matchup be any different? That's next here on NFL Inside Report. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. 
Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Do you think it's more embarrassing to dye your hair or to have hair plugs? I don't think either are embarrassing if you're not trying to conceal it and act like you didn't. Okay, so you think if you just come out and go, I got hair plugs. Yeah, like check out these hair plugs. I mean, don't just walk around, hey, tapping, hey, hey, stranger, I don't want you thinking this is natural. You know, but I mean, <laughs> do you, you have to do that with everyone you meet? try to act like they, uh, you know what I mean. Yeah, but I mean, like, like John Cena got it. You know, when John Cena came back to wrestling, he had a bald spot, and now he doesn't. Mm-hmm. You think he should be required in all interviews to say, look, by the way, I covered up my bald spot? Yeah, I guess it's weird. I mean, you don't wear a sign or like put a sign in your yard, but. All right, so what about toupees? Those are the most obvious. I but let's like. say you're like Bill Self and you can get it to where it looks good. His is magical. I don't even know if his is a toupee. It is. Though. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet. And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Are you on the hunt for a new home this spring, but don't know where to start? Fisher Homes is your solution. Your new home should reflect you from the front door to the kitchen and even your outdoor space. Start your journey by selecting your ideal home site, like in a cul-de-sac or that's tree-lined, and then choose from a variety of expertly designed floor plans. Bring it all together at our Lifestyle Design Center. Let Fisher Homes be your new home solution this spring and start making memories at fisherhomes.com. Becker and NFL Inside Report. Our Jim Trotter is once again our guest and now with us to chat NFC Championship game. This is a matchup that we have seen before between these two teams. Back in 1989, 49ers beat the Rams 30-3 to and went on to win Super Bowl XXIV, their only previous playoff meeting. But now they get it again. And Jim, I... I just want to start with kind of the, the, the big picture here um, with these two franchises. First, let's start with the Rams who have made, you know, we talk about them all the time, making the all-in moves. I mean, like they keep finding more chips to push to the middle when we think that they've gone all-in before. But now it is, they are truly all-in. And it feels like they're really get, starting to get the payoff. Like the river cards are starting to turn in their favor here with the way that Matthew Stafford has turned it on in the postseason and Von Miller turning it on in the postseason. Back to pass, Brady off play action, hit, sacked, fumble the ball, recovered by the Rams at the 26-yard line. Von Miller with the strip sack and the recovery. The veteran, the future Hall of Famer, makes a huge play here for the Rams early in the fourth. Do you feel like the philosophy is paying off? Uh, I do at this point, Yeah, but I, I will say this to you. They cannot have picked a worse opponent <laughs> well, to be they- standing in their way. And it was all in their control in Week 18. Stafford back to throw. Launches deep. Down the right side for Beckham. And it's picked off. It's picked off by San Francisco. And the 49ers are going to the postseason. There's some sort of weird... Um, it, it's You could call it karma. The fact they had a chance to end their season and didn't. And now they have to come back and face them again. 
or it, it's just look. I'm, I'm a Northern California native, okay. and and our esteemed producer Thomas Warren, we know how he feels about Southern California teams. He and I have had our conversations about okay. the Giants and Dodgers. Okay. So for me, as as a, as, a, as a guy who grew up with Rams 49er matchups, I, I'm eating this up. I'm loving this. <laughs> um, and it would it would nothing. I shouldn't say nothing, yeah. but it would give me great pleasure as as going back to my childhood days. If the 49ers were to knock the Rams off and keep them out of the Super Bowl, and oh, I know that's sure. need, and the rest of them will give me grief for that. But I'm, I'm I'd rather be transparent with it than than not. Um, but no, this is a, to me this is fascinating. The fact that the 49ers have won the last six meetings, four of those have been decided by one possession games. The fact that the 49ers, after George Kill makes those comments about being physical and body bags. Body bags. I'll just give you guys this because it was fun. Apparently, I used a body bag quote that, you know, they they use in their locker room this entire week. And I was saying it was for both sides of the ball. You know, whoever it is, Rams or Niners, someone's leaving in a body bag. And we go down 17 to zero. And I had five guys chirping me in the air that, hey, you guys are putting you in a body bag, Kill. And I was like, a lot of time up on that clock, boys. And, uh... Hopefully uh, I can see them again because uh, that was a fun body bag game. <laughs> to go down 17-0 in the home of the Rams and turn around and win that game in OT, um, you just have to wonder, does that place doubt in the minds of the Rams when things get sticky? Or is it just sort of, and I know this sounds crazy to say there could be added motivation in an NFC championship game, or does that sort of, does that sort of cure them, harden them for what's to come? I don't know. And that's what makes it so fascinating to me because these two teams know each other. These two coaches know each other. Um, and the fact that whatever, for whatever reason, Kyle Shanahan has had Sean McVay's sure in the last six games. Look, we had, we had last week, we had Joe Barry, the defensive coordinator of the Packers, talking yeah. about playing the 49ers and Kyle Shanahan. Well, remember, he was the linebackers coach for the Rams correct? for X number of years before. And he was even bringing up the fact there that, hey, <laughs> we didn't have much success against them when I was in L.A. And now yeah. we're playing them here. So I don't know how this is going to play out, Red. I just know it's going to be fascinating. So I, it, to me, like it feels it feels like this strange poetic justice Absolutely. and like this great opportunity for LA. Yeah, they screwed it up all year long and in week 18 against the 49ers and for the last three years, but what better opportunity to slay the dragon? What better Absolutely. opportunity to exercise the demon that has been the 49ers than in the NFC championship game again in your home stadium um, when, while well, we do expect plenty of 49ers fans to be there. Uh, but it, I just, I feel like that's really interesting. And the fact that the 49ers are here, man, I, I mean, and I was, I was the first one to not necessarily criticize the drafting of Trey Lance, but the drafting of a player who we didn't anticipate to be a huge part of the offensive plan when you felt like a team that could win right now. Right. And they are, and they're here, and they're doing it, you know, whether it's in spite of or because of. Um, but Jimmy Garoppolo has has gone through this whole season, albeit a couple of games that he's missed due to injury, with his replacement standing on the sidelines, Jim. And while he hasn't put up prolific passing numbers, has still helped guide this team to the NFC Championship game again and could be the only quarterback for the 49ers since Montana to win two of them. 
Well, remember this too. We talk about the Rams having a chance to end the Niners season in week 18. Yeah. Go back to earlier in the year when the 49ers were three and five and they were teetering. They had lost what? Five of six. Yeah. And they were teetering. And then they go hand the Rams their worst loss of the year. And this will feel good for the 49ers. And the Rams will go back to the drawing board. Two tough losses as they head into their bye. And the Niners, a satisfying victory. They'll head to Jacksonville. So that was another opportunity for the Rams to basically, if you will, that one prematurely in the 49ers season. Because do they come back from three and six? Probably not. Probably not. So um, to your point, the thing about Jimmy, one reason I believe that Jimmy is still functioning the way that he is, is the way that Kyle Shanahan has handled this. You know, we got to camp or going into camp and he said, look, Jimmy's our guy. Now mm-hmm. we're going to work both of them. Sure. And if somehow this kid turns out that he is so far ahead of where we think he is, we do what we have to do. But Jimmy is our guy. And everybody kept saying, no, this is just the 49ers trying to drive up trade bait for Jimmy and this and the other. And so I think that one. And I'm not saying that I know Jimmy's mind. Right. But if I were a player and I had a coach who in that situation said to me, look, we do have your replacement here, but that's down the road. You take this and you run with it and you do what you can with it this year. Go make yourself a bunch of money if it's not here someplace else, whatever it is. And I think that I, I believe that the support that Kyle showed for Jimmy in those moments, even during some of those struggles when they were three and five, has kind of hardened Jimmy to say, you know what? All that other BS out there. Screw it all. Let's just exactly. play. I'm just going to play. And so when when people say, well, 49ers are winning because Kyle's taking the ball out of Jimmy's hands. Jimmy's like, I don't care. <laughs> we did that in 2019 and we almost yeah. won the dang Super Bowl. He threw 27 pass attempts in 2019 <laughs> in the player. I mean, in the, in the first two rounds of the playoffs. Yeah. So do you think his feelings are going to be hurt now that you're saying Kyle's yeah. taking the ball out of his hands? No. no. And and that's what I love about Jimmy right now. Jimmy's like, bump it. You know? Yeah. I'm just I'm just going out and playing and we're winning. And that's all that matters. So here's the million dollar question. Why will this matchup be any different than the last six that the 49ers have won? From a Rams perspective, what's different now? What gives them a better shot to win this game than the last six times they played the Niners? I think, number one, if I were the Rams, what I would say is, number one, um, all of these pieces that we brought in, these chips that we put in the middle of the table, they've now all had some time to acclimate. You know, Stafford has had a full year. OBJ has had X number of weeks. And this is what we talked about, that slant and go that they've been setting up all game. This is the explosiveness you can get from OBJ, uh, Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, quick, outruns the coverage, able to get in. This is what you need to do more of. Try to find ways to get him on those single coverages and take advantage of it. Von Miller has had X number of weeks. And then the other flip side is that the Rams are actually getting as healthy as they've been all year. Remember in that week 18 game, Fuller went down back there in the secondary and they just, they weren't right. And so now basically what I'm hearing, there may be a chance that maybe he comes back. Really? I, I don't know. I thought yeah. I, I thought I read that that he might yeah. be able to come back this week. I don't know, so I don't yeah. want to say that as if I know something. Sure. Um, well, that would be fact, huge. I mean, 
and and they had to go. I mean, they had to go get Weddle, you know, yeah. off the streets. Yeah, and now he's got you know two weeks under his belt. Yeah, you know, to kind of get acclimated some because that first week you could tell he just didn't look right out there. Yeah. Um, but so from my standpoint, if I'm the Rams, those are the things that I hang my hat on. And we've got Acres, who's running so well if he holds on to the football. Right. Um. So and 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 I will say this, and I was one of those people when they said, "Which quarterback do you trust the least?" I had said going in the playoffs, it was Stafford, and he has shown me in these playoffs. You know what? He's another guy that's playing with an attitude. Incredible job by Matthew Stafford and Cooper Cup. Back-to-back clutch long throws to get them in field goal range when they had no more timeouts left. Stafford came up big in the biggest game of his life. Like, man, whatever it is, whatever I need to do, I'm going to make the play. And he's doing it. For the 49ers, though, that elite-level playmaker is Debo Samuel. It's not the quarterback. It's it's Debo Samuel. And he does it in a var- variety of ways. I'm just kind of curious. What are some of the conversations that and some of the things that you've heard from talking to people around the league about how the 49ers use Debo and the type of player he is? Yeah. For, before I get to that, I, I agree with you. Debo is that is that that, yeah. that X factor, that difference guy. But I would also make the argument that I made this morning that while he may be the power cord, the electrical outlet that the 49ers plug into is George Kittle. Yes. Because if you look at the numbers when he starts and plays versus when he doesn't, it's like those quarterback numbers. Yeah. It goes from like a 38 percent, uh, 38 win percentage to a 68 win percentage. Whoa. Since yeah. 20, since 2019 when he's in there. So, um, he's that security blanket. He's that playmaker for Jimmy G. You go back yeah. to even the Packer game last week. He has four receptions. Well, every one of those receptions goes for a first down. Every one of those receptions is for double-digit yards. And then you look at the yards after the catch. And then I'm not even talking about his ability in the run game where he's helping to create opportunities for Debo and whatnot because of his physicality at the line. So I always kind of pause on that and say, man, Debo is all of that 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 we're hearing. But I truly believe George Kittle is like the heart and soul in terms of setting setting the environment, creating the culture that that offense operates out of. Now, having said that, Debo Samuel, when you talk to people, coordinators, players, whatnot, they will tell you there just aren't players like him. Debo is an absolute beast. Wow. What a great play. And, and, and everyone thought the ball was going to the front side. They counter it back to the left. And Debo breaks the tackle from Greg Gaines, goes right around him. And then Darius Williams has a chance, underestimates the speed of Debo Samuel, pushes that thing inside the pylon before the right foot stepped out. Big time run. Because, you know, to be a wide receiver with a running back's build and a running back's mentality. He broke three tackles. He's limping off the field. What a heroic run because he was hit at the line of scrimmage. Guys are closing it, closing in on him, but you couldn't take him down. Not with an arm tackle. You've got to take him to the ground. He was determined to pick up that first down for the 49ers. They just don't come along. So when people say, well, we got to go find us a Debo Samuel. Well, it's not that easy. Right. Like even Devontae Adams last week was saying, you know, he was asked, hey, you're a big guy. You've got some physicality. If they put you in the backfield, could you do this? And he said, no. He said, I don't have that build. 
and, and that same mentality yeah. that Debo has. So there are a number of factors there, but man, he's, he's, he's been a revelation for him from the standpoint that when they had injuries early in the year at the running back position and Kyle needed to do something and started giving him reps there. And the thing that's so beautiful about the way this offense operates, like when you talk to coordinators who have played them, including Joe Barry, again, who twice a year was playing them with the Rams. Right. And he says, what happens is the thing that makes Kyle so special in this offense, that typically when an offense sees a certain front, they know how to, how they're going to attack it out of certain personnel packages. So if you have 11 package or 12 package, whatever, and you see, let's say this four man front, this is how you're going to attack it. Well, what Kyle does is he'll show you that personnel package and you'll show him that front, but he will attack it in a different way than, than what you expect or what you may have seen. And so you can never get a, a good read on them on what exactly they're going to do. And the versatility of that, of these players that Kyle has, it allows him to do that. And that's, that's what makes them so difficult to game plan for besides the physicality and all of that is the fact that you see one package and you say, if and normally with an opponent, you say, if we give them this, this, this front, this is how they're going to attack us. Kyle's like, no, not this time. I might do it once, but the next series or the next play, I'm going to attack it differently, you know? And so it just makes them very hard to figure out. Yeah. Uh, and the last thing I got for you, you know, we, we talk about coaching trees a lot. And I think a lot will be made as it usually is when the Rams and the Niners get together. Do you see any common threads between the two coaches, uh, especially, you know, meeting here in this NFC championship game in, in McVay and Shanahan and their lineage and where they come from and their influences? Hmm. Well, I mean, obviously with Kyle, his father, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, that's huge. And, and the concepts and schemes that he runs. Right. But just the two of them together, two young guys who I think who who think differently in terms of creativity and yeah. willingness to try different things, to attack things in a different way. I think that I think that they also motivate differently. Like Kyle is brutally honest with guys. Like he doesn't mind. Like you go out and you draft Ayuk in the first round and then you right. get him to camp and say, you know what? You just ain't performing. So <laughs> Yeah. We're not going to throw the ball to you and we're not going to play you at times. Right. And, right. And, and, and he says it to you and he says it to the media. He's just yeah. right up front. Sean is more, in my opinion, when you watch him, he's more of that cheerleader is too strong a word. And I don't mean that in a derogatory manner. Sure. It's, it's more of the, the, the positive influence or, or yeah. positive reinforcement, if you will. Yeah. That's kind of how he operates. So it's interesting to see there are two different styles. Both intense, yeah. obviously, both with great recall. Um, Feels like more of a diplomat, like just a little, yeah. like approaches things a little bit more diplomatically, um, you know. And and but look, I find it interesting that they end up, you know, meeting. You know, they meet twice a year, and then they're going to meet here on Sunday in uh, in in one of the biggest games that either one of them have coached in. Obviously, you know, Sean, both have been in the Super Bowl and lost, but um, it's it, it'll be a, it'll be quite a fight. And uh, Jim, appreciate you getting us ready for it, my man. No, you got me excited now. Yeah. We have to All wait right, good. Sunday. Let's we go. Wait Sunday. I'm <laughs> ready. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. 
So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Are you on the hunt for a new home this spring, but don't know where to start? Fisher Homes is your solution. Your new home should reflect you from the front door to the kitchen and even your outdoor space. Start your journey by selecting your ideal home site, like in a cul-de-sac or that's tree-lined, and then choose from a variety of expertly designed floor plans. Bring it all together at our Lifestyle Design Center. Let Fisher Homes be your new home solution this spring and start making memories at fisherhomes.com. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. And that's going to do it for this episode of NFL Inside Report. Reminder to download, rate, review our show on the iHeartRadio app, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We certainly appreciate it. We're back with you on Friday for a look at the AFC Championship game as the Kansas City Chiefs get set to host the AFC Championship game for a fourth consecutive year, and they get the upstart Cincinnati Bengals coming into town led by Joe Burrow. We'll look at that matchup as we get closer to Championship Sunday. For producers Thomas Warren and Tim Parachka, I'm your host, Rhett Lewis. Thanks so much for being with us. We'll catch you next time. NFL Inside Report is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more official podcasts from the NFL, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower... 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Are you on the hunt for a new home this spring? But don't know where to start? Fisher Homes is your solution. Your new home should reflect you from the front door to the kitchen and even your outdoor space. Start your journey by selecting your ideal home site, like in a cul-de-sac or that's tree-lined, and then choose from a variety of expertly designed floor plans. Bring it all together at our Lifestyle Design Center. Let Fisher Homes be your new home solution this spring and start making memories at fisherhomes.com. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. 
I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 